Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with my good buddy, Toastical. Toasty, welcome to Cadwin, the largest of the Northern Kingdoms. I'm not a fan of that one. We're going to knock that one off right now. No, you're going to knock off the Toastical? Nope, I don't want it. It's like Icicle. Because it's, it's the northern like something else. kingdoms. It's a lot it's, more similar to a certain other something. It's I'm cold. Not, I'm not here. going with it. It's cold. Uh-huh. It's, it's sure. when it's cold out, then you get toasticles hanging down from things. Uh huh. That's what you get. I no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This will be the only podcast that one happens on. It happened on the last podcast, but you were very busy with other things and you didn't notice because I, I snuck it in twice. But anyway, welcome back, everybody. We're talking. snuck in the toasticle? I did. I did. We're going to get the explicit rating right off the jump and we're not even saying anything bad. That's the problem. <sighs> yeah. It's, well, we're going to. It's already there. The E already exists and hasn't even been uploaded yet. It's like, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's, we'll get there. We'll get there anyway. Uh, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the largest of the northern kingdoms cadewin because we're we're branching out into continental history of the different kingdoms of the continent i said continent mm-hmm. twice there toasty why why are we talking about continental history this sounds like a history class we were talking we were talking about like monsters and stuff we we're talking about like you know the show killing things witchers mutations Badass stuff, sorceresses, love interests, you know, the stuff that gets your toasticles all in a bunch. But now we're talking about like continental history of kingdoms. I mean, this is important stuff too, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I will have you know that the the nation, the kingdom of, of Kaidwin has uh, has all of that, has all of that in there. Wow. So we're not even missing out. Okay. You know? Wow. This, this sound, we're, mm. So, okay. I mean, you sold me. I'm sold. You sold? Okay. I'm well, sold. Let's, like, let's, that was all you needed to say was like, all of those things are now in this and we're, I'm ready for adventure. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Let's go ahead and uh, hop in uh, and start with the the history of of Kaidwin. Um, Kaidwin is the youngest of the northern countries, established about 200 years prior when the humans pushed the elves back into the Blue Mountains and settled in their land. Prior to Um, the events of like the Witcher stories or game? Current timeline Witcher 3. Witcher 3 game. So like the most recent part of the timeline that we have yeah effectively um yeah yeah because this this the the stuff that i saw led up all the way to 1272 which is like the witcher 3 right and for Um, people who haven't played the games the witcher games happen after the stories from the books mm -hmm. and the stories from the books happen similarly to the television series universe although those two universes are kind of different in their events they're roughly on the same timeline it's pretty timey-wimey, so you kind of got to, like, yeah. assume. So, you know, that's an about. About 200 years prior to The Witcher 3. Um, and 
it's for this reason that that Kaidwin is still subject to like raids from the Scoyatel, um, to which Scoyatel being the Elven Resistance group. Yes, yes, the squirrels. Um, Squirrels, which you know their retaliation method is just awful because they retaliate to Scoyatel raids by just like killing elves and dwarves that live in their city, and it's like, wow, okay, sure. It's yeah. not nice. It's not a great kingdom. Um, <laughs> not, uh, not if you're an elf or a dwarf. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the earliest mentioned authority of Kaidwin is uh, King Hinsult, because no one before that is really um, specifically named. Uh, so he's the first one that's actually given a name. Um, he is the heir to the dynasty of the unicorn um or the the vaidukings um, (laughs) also an interesting name some interesting names which is a a long time ruling noble house of kaidwin so they were the ones that established uh kaidwin as a as a A kingdom kingdom. right so they they basically Um, assumed the crown mm -hmm. um hinsult is not skilled in the matters of the court uh he, he's not a very good political leader, but he is a very effective military leader. Um, he he it's even said that he knows the name of every one of his soldiers uh, under his command. He uh, knows the exact distances between every like um, like artillery. Uh, how is it's not artillery, really, but trying to think of the the term like catapults and tribute like like yeah. he knows the yeah, exact be distance between sure. every like artillery piece that he had siege equipment that's what i was talking about okay. um yeah i get what uh, you mean and he has some of the oddest but uh most effective like battle methods uh one method being where he he believes in like trios of power so he often sends um his troops into battle in like groups of three or like multiples of three, which most of his generals were like, okay, that's really weird. And this is probably not going to work, but it actually worked quite well. He's, he's pretty, he's a pretty like good military leader. Um, but, uh, that leaves space for his advisor, uh, Sabrina Glevisig, which you might recognize, um, to manage the political power, the political matters of the office, um, and kind of effectively leaving her in charge of the, uh, the kingdom in that aspect. So he was smart enough to know to delegate things when he was better at certain things. He, he delegated these things to her or he was busy with things. And so she was able to kind of take control of those things from him. So, um, it's not specifically, I bet it, if I had to guess with the way they're taught at Artuza, uh-huh. um, and with Sabrina being like the ace student of Artuza, um, she probably put it in such a way to where he thinks he's delegating the responsibilities to <laughs> right. her, okay. but she's actually just, <laughs> she sold it like it was his idea. But it was really her idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and you see, and you did say that he left space for her. But uh, Ben of Tamaria says he's also fat, so she might have had to squeeze by in order to get enough space. Potentially, maybe. 
maybe. He, he kind of fat guy. That's true. Kind of, kind kind of, a, kind of a chubby chub. A big guy. He reminds me. I mean, might have been. Letter from familiar with uh um game of thrones uh robert baratheon oh, okay very so much like, reminds me of robert baratheon because that dude did not really know how to be king but he knew how to fight right he, like an made, older robert baratheon like he kind of put on some pound in his pounds in his later years because he preferred to eat and drink and Mm-hmm. yeah that's gotcha. what i'm at and and be merry uh right. mm-hmm. it even said that he usually showed up to his parties drunk and stubborn so yeah <laughs> very well, much robert baratheon like um absolutely during during the northern wars uh Hinsel played a prominent role in the influence of vince um after the sacking of sintra he sent his army to help in the defense of sodden hill um and so this is like the events of the, the uh, tv the show. shows yeah. slash books right yeah right. um and uh they suffered heavy losses from uh the defense even though they won um which left kaidwin um pretty open to more frequent uh Skoyatel raids um which uh, put him into a position where he joined with the, the council of the Northern kingdoms to try and get their help in, uh, fighting back the, the elven threat. Um, very anti else. This is probably, yeah, this is one of those, those kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, Are, and can, can we pause here for a second? Do you, yeah. were there any kingdoms that were particularly friendly to the elves or were most of them, if anything, just kind of neutral and some of them were a little bit more or a, a lot more <sighs> against them I, I, like there as far as i'm aware there weren't any that were like pro none, elves none of, them, none of them are like friends with them but we do know that like some places have like more like the dwarves have mahakam like mm-hmm. where they can like kind of be like dwarves and not have to like assimilate um elves there's not anyone that's uh, like, hey, elves, uh, everybody come here. Like like we we do see in the, the second like season Nilfgaard of the TV show. Is pretty much the only example that's like accepting right. of elves. And I don't wouldn't say it's exactly enthusiastic right. about it. Right. Um, which, right. you know, as we talk about the Northern Kingdoms, uh, that's just going to be something to have to keep in mind is that none of them are really like friendly towards elves. So right. it's just but some like, of them are even less than that like they're this one's very openly much hostile. like they killed their elves even right. though like some of the elves like assimilated into their society and they were like nah we're gonna kill you anyways um so and no elves are allowed in the capital either so yeah um yeah is yeah so uh he yeah he joined with the 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 council of the northern kingdoms um and even agreed in the the uh helping to hunt down siri and kill her um because they didn't want nilfgaard to have authority of sintra um one thing uh with kaiwin is that they've always had conflict with adern over control of the pontar valley or the loremark um it is kaiwin is very much a like northern i wouldn't say tundra i'm sure like the real farther parts of it like north maybe um but it's it's very like hard and rugged um i, I would imagine or i would say probably a lot like skyrim for those familiar with skyrim mm-hmm. um but even like 
like the more northeastern part of Skyrim. So less, <laughs> less fruitful. They have hard time like planning things. Right. Like they can't really like do crops or anything. They have to kind of go off of trade or like hunting. Um, and so the Pontar Valley is a very crucial place for them because it's very verdant and would allow for that like a resource of like growing to sustain themselves. Um, so it, it, this is a very like fruitful area. So uh, Kaidwin and Adern have fought over it for a long time. So um, um, if I can help paint a, a yep. little bit of a picture for people, if, if you know anything about the, the map of the, the continent, there's the coastline picture. If you, um, yeah, can, and and we can pull we can pull this up, and and we'll we'll do that on the second half of the show because we're going to talk okay. a little bit more about this. But just to give people a little bit of a sense of this, um, there's the the coastline that's off on the west coast. Kaidwin is actually far to the east and the north. It's, it is, it's the most northeastern kingdom in the, on the continent, right? So it's up in the mountains kind of nested up in the mountains of the north and the east it's surrounded by mountains on all sides because it has it has the kestrel mountains on the west it has the uh the blue mountains and the fire what was it was the fiery fiery mountains yeah fiery mountains um surrounding it on north and east um and it just has this valley at the bottom it's very much it's all mountain around it right and adern is the kingdom just south of cadwin Mm -hmm. so if you're going side of the pontar valley pretty much if you're going to travel anywhere out of cadwin and not have to go over mountains or at least through a mountain pass you're probably gonna have to go through adern so it would make sense that there's going to be conflict between those two It's divided by a river so Mm -hmm. there's it seems like a very common historical boundary that you're going to have some issue with. Yeah. Um, in the events of the Witcher two, uh, Hensolt sent a force of 5,200 men to take the Pontar Valley. Um, he attempts to claim the territory through diplomatic means first, but due to resistance from Prince Stennis and the uh, blood curse from Sabrina, who he had had burned at the stake after she uh, betrayed him and uh, or, or chose loyalty to the lodge over loyalty to Kaidwin, which resulted in the death of many Kaidwinian forces. Mm-hmm. Um, he had her burned at the stake, but she cast like this blood curse when she died on the Pontar Valley. Um, and so he, he has to resort to military means to take it, which of course we know he's good at that. Um, and the, resolution of this depends specifically on you, the decisions you make as Geralt for this. So yeah. you can, you can influence how this turns out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and, another, another thing to point out that's fun is that Caramorin is up in, uh, I was going to mention that. Tom. Oh, sorry. Wait, sorry. Just wanted, later. Just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. Like the other, oh my God. Sorry, you sorry. ruined it. Sorry. You ruined it. Um, <laughs> anyways uh and the the kind of final thing is that there uh there was a conflict with Ordania in the form of the winter war which we hear about in the witcher 3 um it happened in uh when the winter came in 1272 and nilfgaard kind of settled down for the winter because typically militaries don't fight in the winter time especially ones like nilfgaard's very south they're not used to the cold 
so they have to like bed down for winter or they start losing troops to like the sickness and disease and and it's just like cold. the elements in general yeah because they're not built for it um so they settled down for the winter um and uh Hinsult had like reached out to Nilfgaard to ask for aid because he was so down on or, or he was so down on things because of it. And uh, then after the, the pond, the situation with the Pontar insult dies. Uh, so Redania crosses over the Kessler mountains and attacks Kaidwin from um, West to East. So this was, yes. Uh, Redania so is like their neighbor to the West. Yeah. Redania is the neighbor to the West. Um, and they cross that mountain range that borders in between. And uh, depending on your, your choices here, if you either let, roach kill uh insult or if you let him survive he still dies in battle um so either redania annexes kaidwin before the the fighting restarts or uh after insult's death in battle uh radovid like basically just lays claim to all of kaidwin um so that he can have like a united force against nilfgaard um it all depends on on choices. So, yeah, um, that's yeah. cool. That, mm-hmm. That's cool stuff. So, um, man, can you imagine? So, it, first of all, if you're listening to this and you haven't taken some time to really look over some of the Witcher maps, there's uh, there's several variations that are out there. There's one that was put together by. Do you remember this? There was just recently. Um, they, this is where my picture came from. I just cropped off Kaidwin off of that map. So that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have the whole picture somewhere that you can send me? Because I'll, I'll put it up uh, on, the, on the stream later. I believe so. Um, uh, but uh, I can. I can probably uh, save this, crop the image. We'll figure it out um, as we go on. But there was a a group from a university over in, we talked about this on a previous episode. Do you remember what university this was over in Europe somewhere that used uh, a lot of the maps? The Department of Political and Historical Geography uh, the University of Warsaw. Warsaw. And they basically created the equivalent of a Google map based on in-game information and other maps and those kinds of things. They combined all the information they could and created a Google map equivalent of the continent down to the closest details that we have from everything. And you can actually pan around it and move around just like you can a Google map. And it's freaking amazing. This is, this is really, really cool. So knowing that we have this level of detail, can you imagine having the next series the next game in the series and being able to travel across the entire continent or like an MMO sized game <laughs> or, or like what if the next game in the series is the beginning of getting something where they just continually add on other kingdoms and zones like the size of the Witcher three is big. We get some of those areas, right? Like we get parts of what Tamaria and Skellige and some I mean like Velen and Velen. Skellige are Velen. absolutely massive like right that's it yeah yeah so we get we get Velen and uh, Skellige but can you imagine if, if we got extended out into some of these other areas and could actually travel all the way to Kaer Morin they're all the way down through Nilfgaard or you know up into the, the northern mountains and you know up through Redania like can you imagine that that would be amazing 
and they've, it's not like they don't have it all mapped out now because they could totally well, use something like this Google map. I mean, so I, I put the I put the link to the to it there. You can do what you want with it. <clears throat> uh, yeah, here let me. I'm gonna pull it up, um, but uh, I'll share this in the uh, in in the thing as we continue to talk. But we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna get back and and what are we can talk about after the break. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about layout. Talk about geography. Cool, cool. All right. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right. Here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. So big thanks to our tier five higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria and Bane, the hospital guy. And all 15 of our patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. This is this is what I do full time. And this is definitely a side thing for, for Toasty and it helps support both of us. And we really do appreciate the support. And if this show is helping you get through your workday, your workout, your drive to work, or running around outside with your favorite pets that's a nice warm warm one you know sometimes you listen to a podcast while playing with your animals outside don't you take them for walks and like listen they think this is some kind of wholesome podcast yeah man this is a nice warm this is a good one this is a nice warm one uh they go to patreon.com slash witcher witcher lorecast because this one's a nice one and uh check out all the different tiers where you get ad-free episodes you can join us on future episodes of the show you get t-shirts all sorts of good stuff and uh another way to support the show would be to leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts and we don't have any new ones to read out but if you leave us a five-star rating with some words we will read it out on a future episode of the show and you can leave us a five-star rating also on spotify both of those things help us rise up in the ranks when people search for podcasts and uh they also make us feel really good inside just like playing with your pets or our own pets we don't play with your pets that would be weird unless you invited us over and said hey here's my dog meet my dog he's cute uh but not your cats because cats i'm allergic to cats i would just sneeze a lot and my eyes would get itchy so uh thanks everybody for the support let's move on with the rest of the show you smell of death and destiny heroics and heartbreak it's onion right yeah oh look at that it's a browser source right in the middle of the screen, but I'm oh, going to, no. I'm good. Switch what are that. you doing? And nope, that's not what I want. I don't want a browser source. This is terrible. I know. What are you doing? I'm trying to do window capture. That's the thing I was trying to do here. I'm going to put the, you start talking. I'm going to put the map up on the screen. I start talking. Okay. And okay. we're going to keep this podcast sure, uh, moving sure. along. I guess I can start talking. Um, so, uh, Kaidwin, as we said before, is the second largest country uh, uh, in, or sorry, sorry. It is the largest of the Northern Kingdom. It is the second largest country on the continent next to Nilfgaard, which is the largest, of course. Um, but unlike Nilfgaard, most of Kaidwin is rocky, mountainous, or deeply forested. Um, the north of the country is sparsely settled by independent spirited communities. Um they usually make a living off of land and fur trade and lumber. Uh, so it's, there's not, there's not a whole lot up there. It's not that habitable. Um, 
they tend to be conservative and isolationist. I think, I think we saw those, those, those already. I think we saw those traits already. Yeah. Um, the northern border of Kaidwin is between uh, the northernmost peaks of the Kestrel and Blue Mountains. Uh, the harsh conditions beyond this point uh, have so far daunted even the hardy settlers of Kaidwin. Uh, the eastern border is the Blue Mountains. The southern border is the Pontar River, and to the west are the Kestrel Mountains. So, as we said, surrounded by mountains on all sides except for the river on the south. So, uh, very very kind of locked off kingdom here. Um, the capital of Kaidwin is Ard Karig. You probably pronounce this however you want. I'm basing it off of uh, the audiobook <laughs> how they pronounced it. Um, the location of which was determined when the founder of Hinsult's line, Viduka, followed a unicorn to a rock. <laughs> oh. If he saw a unicorn, he followed it and led it to a rock and he planted his flag there and claimed it, claimed the land as Kaidwin. Um, I mean, that's just as good a reason to claim land as any other, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, unicorns are rare, you know? Um, and uh, hence the, uh, the beginning of the, the, uh, the house of the unicorn or the dynasty of the unicorn um, based off of that. Uh, the capital is just as hard as the land with little to no ostentation. They are very simple. Uh, like they don't, they don't like being all decorative and nice. They will mock people who visit, who seem to be too ostentatious. Like if you show up in like the finest robes with like your entourage, they like, they will mock you for it. They do not care about those kinds of things. Um, so no fancy pants, no fancy pants. Don't leave your fancy pants at home. Bring only Bring your, 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 your like regular pants. I have like a term, but I lost it as I was saying it. It was terrible. Yeah. Two girls says poor dandelion. Or Dan yeah, yeah, they wouldn't be a fan of Dandelion here. No. Um, Ardkerig is a fortress city um, with a with the palace situation situated on a bluff. Um, it is highly defensible due to their, you know, uh, militant uh, favor. Um, and then uh, we have the. A lot of other places we don't get to like see, we don't hear a lot about it because, you know, don't go there. But two uh, really notable places are uh, Bannard. So the city of Bannard with the, the school for sorcerers, which we hear about in the show for those mm -hmm. um, more familiar where they, they train sorcerers, sorcerous assholes like, uh, like Stregobar. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. Maybe. I mean, that, Given the location that kind of starts to explain a lot of his tendencies, like he was raised to be like, he was raised in Kidewood, which is anti-elf and he is very much anti-elf. Yeah. They're just kind of like raised that way. Um, and then uh, of course uh, already ruined because Tom said it earlier, uh, but of course, Kaer Morin, uh -huh. which is situated uh, in the, the region known as Hirch, uh, which uh, was 
it's it's like where a prehistoric sea was uh that's like oh that's gone cool. now yeah that's why that's why care more is called that because it's it's named after the the prehistoric sea that used to be there and uh, like all the fossils and things that show up so it's pretty cool that pretty, uh, pretty cool. close close along the uh the blue mountains to the east they're like almost off the map <laughs> so. that's that's freaking awesome yeah mm-hmm. prehistoric sea that's cool that's really really cool stuff yeah so um yeah banard that's uh man yeah it makes me think about just how, how you know how much thought um when writing this that went in you know, all the different locations and the upbringing of different people went into their personalities like i wonder how much more there is behind that with each of the characters i mean trying to think because it makes sense you know like you you're raised in a place where you you know you, you most people don't I, mean, I i would i would assume everybody just isn't born racist like it's not it's something you learn you know like it's mm-hmm. like he grew up in a place that was racist so he's gonna be a racist you know a jerk so kind of mm-hmm. makes sense so it's uh and there's other various places, landmarks and whatnot, but uh, the, those were kind of the two most significant locations. Yeah. Um, Caremore, and, and I kind of talked about it before, of course, at the School of the Wolf, but uh, uh, very much isolated. It can only be accessed by via the, the Witcher's Trail, which is hard to find and uh, hard to navigate. So um, very out there and defensible as well so it just seems to be an overall theme of of the uh this this kingdom of being like military focused and defensible locations and such so mm-hmm. so this map is really cool i mean it's in it's in a different language um but if i am here i'm going to zoom it out a little bit actually i'm going to pan around so you guys can kind of see it i'm going to explain this for our listeners so they have a sense of what i'm talking about as as we go over this um um but here's something i wanted to point out here and uh, if i can get this to scroll down to the bottom i don't think i can on on this view um i can't show you but i can tell you the scale of this map at the bottom right here shows that um, the the width of what I can show you on the screen of about this distance here. So from um, about this distance here, which isn't going to make sense to our listeners, is about 400 kilometers. This is about 400 miles. So the continent from the furthest point on the coastline all the way across from like west to east on the map is what would you say toasty is about 1200 miles across um roughly something like 400 400 400 follow on stream yeah so so it's about (laughs) it's about 1200 miles across probably about 1600 miles north to south and that's that's the continent shown here so that's from from in the north from the very top of cadewin all the way down to uh the nilfgaard like the lower parts of where we know Nilfgaard is like the bottom of Toussaint. In fact, south of Toussaint, if you're familiar with the Witcher 3 expansion. 
And then if you were to go from um, the coastline of Sedaris, the far coastline of Sedaris, all the way from the west, all the way east to the very edge of the map, past the edge of uh, Cadewind and uh, Adern, then that's probably about 1,200 miles. That's a that's a lot of that's a lot a lot of space. I mean, it's not the largest thing you've ever ever you know. But that's what is. I mean, what's that's the equivalent of what the half the size of the United States. How much? I don't. How much is the United States like across? That's that's the question. I'm not too familiar. So the United States from north to south is, or from like east to west is what three thousand miles, something like that. It's a, so. it's pretty big. I mean, this is this is really big. So if you were to yeah, three about three thousand miles across. So if you were to travel diagonally from, um, <laughs> this is going back to our <laughs> season two discussion. If you're traveling from uh, Sintra, which is uh, down in this region here, Sodden down here. So Sintra's down here, right? If you're traveling diagonally from Sintra. All the way up to Kermor and diagonally on this map. That's about 2,000 miles probably by horse. <laughs> that would take you weeks, it's months. About, it's about it's about 1,200. It's about 1,200. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. This it's map is lot. huge. Can you imagine playing a game with this much land in it? And now obviously you would shrink it down. Like no game is going to have that much land in it. Um, like even the Elder Scrolls Online, you can go to all the different realms. Like each each continent, each uh, country, I guess I should say, if you were to break them down into like regions, in is the equivalent of just a few square miles. In like if you go to Skyrim, Skyrim's maybe three square miles or something. Like if you actually map it out, it's not really that big. So it would be impossible to make something like actually this. I mean, you could do it if you procedurally generated the whole thing, but it would be it would just feel empty. There would be so much stuff. But this is gigantic in the scope of like a game. But that being said, there's a lot of stuff here. If you really wanted to build something out and create a like in-game world and have a lot of different zones that felt very different and a lot of different places you could go, that kind of thing. What do you think? It would be a lot. It would be a lot. <laughs> it would be a lot. Now, cool. I, I wouldn't expect that you would like make it, you know, square mile perfect. That would be silly. But to do something on the scale of like, I don't know, Elder Scrolls Online equivalents, like a, a Cade win that was, you know, three or four square miles big north of an Adern that was three square miles big, you know, and a Tamaria that was three square miles big and just kind of like interconnect all the zones together would be really cool yeah and then yeah. just have I mean, a continuing storyline and then you could have just like you know every two years you could have an expansion and have more witcher stories and you have character and kind of build a continuing witcher witcher verse of games that would be freaking great mm-hmm. new monsters showing up because of the new conjunction Doing crazy new things, maybe new magic because of the new conjunction. What about that? Like new chaos, creating new, new, I've never seen, seen before events in the Witcher universe, affecting mm. mages in ways that they've never been affected before. 
creating new things to research or ways that the planes have melded before and and uh, creating, in fact, new land masses and things, in, you know, con- conjuncting with in, with the spheres. You know, like what about the um, like they talk about in the in the TV show, the um, what are those uh, those uh, the the columns the you know, what I'm talking about the the pillars. The monoliths, the monoliths, okay. like where the monoliths constructed or, or did they actually come through the conjunction where they brought through from some some other place? Like, I, we don't I don't know if we know that if that's clear or not in the in the TV cinematic universe version. Right. I don't think they. I don't think they specified. Right. They exactly. didn't tell us clearly what what happened. So there could be events where not only creatures and peoples are coming through because of that conjunction, but actual land masses are changed and moved around. Things are kind of melding and, and moving. And you could have all sorts of justifications for changes in game story and things like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, it also, given the events that have happened, because this is uh, this is absolutely going to be a sequel and not a prequel. Yeah, it's a, um, well, it's I'm a, looking at you, that's Ben. <laughs> that's what you and I are thinking, at least. Um, anyways, a, uh, a post Witcher like, three game could do all sorts of crazy stuff. But it's like also Nilfgaard's like, or well, I would assume I would assume that Nilfgaard's in charge now. Um, I, I, it seems like the route they're going. Um, otherwise, like. I just think that that's the route that you have to go as an guard in charge, because otherwise, like, if, like, Redania wins or manages to at least hold on to their territory, like, that's way, I feel like that's way too much hate for whatever this game, because that's, like, that's real bad. I mean, like, not only are they, like, elf haters, but now it's, like, like any magic wielder hater as well. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be great. Um, I mean, but you, just you could always how have these places know, have changed from Nilfgaard's influence. You know, true. You could always have the opening up of the map or the all, you know sudden incoming of a either a a new force from over the sea or across from the east side of the map from the deserts, and That'd be all, cool. all of a sudden this unseen force, kind of like a uh, uh, Mongols. You know, like nobody saw nobody in the West anticipated Mongols just coming out of the East and then all of a sudden showing up in the Arab and the European world. All, but all of a sudden they did and they started taking all sorts of land and nobody expected it. And nobody. And then on top of that, nobody expected them to overwhelm them with military might. And they did, you know. So. I didn't think about this because obviously you're when you're looking at this picture that they did for the preview you're thinking of like the medallion in the middle you don't think about the fact that like it's my camera's it's awful. snowy what is happening yeah what are you started doing? focusing on what nothing. are you doing um <laughs> anyway, but like you don't think about the fact that it's all snowy it's all snowy right and like so how far north does that take us or does it or is that a callback to the snowy uh or the the the, the portal stuff that siri goes through it could be too end. yeah <clears throat> because that played into it the whole like frozen thing yeah I don't know. I don't know. Or invaders Ooh. from another sphere. Like 
What if it looks like Nilfgaard is finally going to conquest the known world, and then you get, like, similarly to the original conjunction, elves and dwarves and everybody basically owned the known world, and then men showed up, humans showed up, right? Mm-hmm. And screwed everything up. Well, what if that happens again to the humans? It seems like Nilfgaard's going to basically take over everything. And then all of a sudden, some other group shows up. Throws everything for a loop. Hmm. Could totally change stuff. But now you get to experience it in a freaking video game with a map that we have laid out from actual map building people. There's a word for that. What's the word? Cartographers. Cartographers. And it was like chronologists. Nope, that's not it. But yeah. Anyway, that's where that's where I'm going. And I, I think maybe there's there's some some excitement to be had there. Um, so. Plus, it would be really cool to just see some of the places in Nilfgaard that we've not been able to see. Like we've seen some of these places in um, not only it's the games, been, but in the it's stories. All been Northern Kingdom. It's all I been guess. Northern Kingdom. Because, I mean, the only thing with Nilfgaard is that like that's just the capital of Tamaria that we go to like yeah but they've taken over and so it's like we we've been to Tucson in in the expansion to the Witcher 3 yeah. that's as far south as we've been yeah it'd be cool to go Nilfgaard yeah so anyway those, those are just some of my thoughts now that we're talking like maps and some of this other stuff but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode about Cadwin, Cadwin, Cadwin. You say, say Cadwin. You say Cadwin. Did you know Kydwin. that the A-E sound in Old English is pronounced ah? Cod. It'd be Cadwin in Old English. Did you know that? Isn't that weird. Mm. It looks like A-E. I don't like know. A-E. I don't know. Yep. I learned that from my my uh, professor in college. Hmm. It's weird. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you've got some thoughts on this episode and some of the things about where the Witcher series is going, um, or if you have a specific uh, kingdom or some other content that you want to hear us talk about in the future, let us know on the Witcher channel of the Robots Radio Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that stuff. Toasty, you got anything cool going on you want to share before we head out? Cool going on? Um, I... I, uh, you know, follow us as usual, which are Lorecast. Um, I might be having something happening. Yeah, something that I cooking don't know up. if I can talk about yet. I'm just saying I might be, might be doing, getting involved with something else. We'll see what happens. Okay. I'm sure I get more confirmation on that. Um, uh, other than that, uh, I, I don't really got anything that i could think of okay cool cool well i've got my shows um all the different lore casts that i do everything from the witcher to mass effect which is coming up after this show so we and of course just a reminder if you'd like to tune into this show live on monday nights we start at 9 p.m eastern on the robots radio channels so on twitch or youtube or facebook just search robots radio on those whatever your favorite platform is come join us for that and then mass effect is after that and then i also do fallout and elder scrolls and uh cyberpunk and lord of the rings all just all of those lore casts are available on whatever podcatcher you prefer and of course you can find my shows and every other show on the robots radio network including all of our rocket club shows where people sign up for me to either help them start their podcast or help them grow their podcasts and that's over at robots 
thoughtsradio.net. So I've got all that stuff going on. And I'd love for you guys to come hang out with us during some of our live shows. So mm-hmm. that's and, what... And- hop into the discord um i've been kind of uh regularly um like asking people in the witcher channel like stuff like topics they want to be like or they want to hear about like for like our best eerie episodes i think i'm just cool with like putting that up to a vote like whenever we do one because it's like what do y'all want to hear about like there's no there's really no pattern we have to go with the best eerie so yeah uh, if you want your input to 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 have an effect on where we go on the show hop in the discord yeah plus we love to hear your your thoughts on different things and have conversations mm-hmm. with you guys so and there's over two thousand people on that discord and you know people like chiming in and they're nice too. people and they're nice people it's well, weird met like any not nice people it's because they they go away because they try to not be nice and everyone's like what are you doing and then they leave yeah <laughs> they well, don't stick around much. It's, much. it's amazing pretty much it's amazing because they don't get the reaction that they want so anyway thanks for being here everybody we'll be back next week uh at a regular time and then uh, this week we have like a short week yeah this week feels a little short again and then uh t- in two weeks is our patron episode on the 25th so mm-hmm. i thought that was coming up again soon and then we'll be chatting with our patrons so we'll be figuring out what our topic's going to be so patrons if you want to chime in on our patron channel on the discord let us know what you want to talk about all right guys have a good week and until next time stay safe on the path see you then bye everybody Thanks for tuning in to The Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.